So welcome everybody to Makuk P. Salem's podcast series for the launch of our fourth publication of the Indigenous Business Magazine uh, that's published by Business in Vancouver. My name is Chastity Davis Alphonse. I'm a proud member of the Claw Emin Nation and married into the Silcotine Nation. And I'm uh, joining you today from the beautiful traditional territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. And I'm super excited that we have some time with uh, Lawrence Lewis, who's from the Wiwakai First Nation on Vancouver Island, and also been doing some extraordinary work through founding um, and leading the company as CEO called One Feather in the technology space. So welcome, Lawrence. So happy you could make some time to be with us today. Um, pleasure to be here today. Thank you. Um, Lawrence and his team at One Feather have been leading some amazing work uh, in the tech industry, and uh, we have some time today to dive a little bit deeper into the inspiration and the ideas and the vision um, for One Feather. Um, and so, I guess my first question, Lawrence, is what was the idea and inspiration behind uh, the startup of One Feather? Yeah, great question, and, and thanks. Uh, thank you for that, and and a pleasure to be invited into your space and and share this uh, opportunity to talk about uh, the work that we do and and why we do it and how we're doing it. Yeah, one feather was really the genesis of one feather was really around the idea that there is no one out there building uh, innovative uh, new technologies and assets um uh, from that indigenous lens or that uh, our shared lived experience and so there are very few companies out there doing um, innovative technology build around this right and and uh when we think about you know why we do what we're doing it's really so that um as an in, uh, we're an indigenous owned company um and we really want to make sure that 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 our voice is is heard and that it translates into these digital assets. So if it's not us owning this space, then who is it? And 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 we just want to make sure that we're out there as part of that, um, as part of that effort to give voice to that, so that these assets actually reflect uh, our, our story, our origin, our genesis, our lived experience, and that indigenous lens. And so it's just really, really kind of blessed to be have the opportunity to do that work and work with so many wonderful First Nations um, and people across the country for sure. That's so great. So could you give us an example of what you mean by applying an Indigenous lens to this space? Yeah, you know what, it's really just about having a dialogue around what these di new digital assets look like and talking with people just like you and, and chiefs and leadership across the country, just the people across the country, our brothers and sisters who, who, uh, who are who are in this space and understanding what it looks and feels like uh, for all of us, right? Uh, and making sure that we are building the assets, not you know we're not we're not relying on the Facebooks or the Googles or the Microsofts of the world to build these things for us. We're actually taking some ownership of that. So when we talk about giving that indigenous lens or that shared lived experience, it actually means having indigenous people in the room designing, scoping, and actually building the technologies from our perspective, right? And oftentimes we will we'll build a new asset and 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 uh, we'll have uh, we'll take it out there and we'll test it with our people. Uh, and we get all kinds of interesting feedback on how that should look and feel and how it should sound. Uh, and then we go back to the drawing board. So it's really just taking that time to create space uh, for for us to decide uh, what that digital space will look like. For sure. 
and how we interact with it. You know, what's 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 important, what's not important. Um, how do we incorporate, you know, culture and and language and our social realities into this space in a, in a good way? And and we don't pretend to be, you know, we're very. There's so many um, nations across the country. We're really disparate in that regard. But our history and our traditions, are sorry, our history and our legacy in this country is the same in many respects. And so there's some common ground there. There's some common ancestry there, if you like, that allows us, I think, to build some really uh, innovative uh, services and focus in on those services that matter and level the playing field and remove a whole bunch of barriers that exist now, for sure. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like you're applying like indigenous communication protocols by bringing um, tech technological assets to community and getting the input from them and ensuring that like our indigenous values and ways of being and knowing and what's important to us as indigenous people in this time and space um, and also our knowledge into um, these assets that you know we'll be utilizing and that can support our communities and moving forward so that's super exciting yeah, it is. It's super, it's really super exciting. And one of the, you know, one of the core problems or one of the, one of the kind of core things we're addressing is how do we, how do we as Indigenous people design uh, and define what sovereign Indigenous digital identity is? Uh, and so that's a conversation that's ongoing and we continue to have that. And And One Feather is leading in that space in the sense that the services we provide uh, provide the starting point, if you like, for that digital identity verification authentication and unlocks um, uh, access to those entitlements and benefits and services and programs that, that, that we should have access to, which currently often are blocked or there's barriers because of the antiquated processes that exist or whether by accident or design, those institutions in which we go to receive or participate uh, or access um, are discriminatory, are oppressive, are biased, uh, and they're just antiquated to begin with. And so um, we're really excited to be providing a new, uh, uh, a new, a new way of accessing those things uh, in a way that hasn't been done before. And so we're innovating in that respect. So we're out there breaking new ground, if you like, and and charging through the forest and and doing our best to, to get it right, but also making space for that feedback loop and that other input to make sure that if we need to adjust course or correct something, that we can be really agile in doing that and, and really respectful of our people in that process. That's such important work. And when you talk about like digital like sovereignty like it just makes me think of like the sovereignty discussions that we have as indigenous nations and then applying the technology lens with sovereignty and so expanding you know our our sovereignty as indigenous people that you know we've we've held since time immemorial but into this modern time and space which again is, um, I think, really innovative and timely, and and what's needed as we start to move forward and and integrate into this like modern world, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, for those of us that are ready and able and and willing and capable, uh, need to take, you know, we need to take ownership of that, and as Indigenous folks, drive that agenda forward, and just make sure we're making space for the conversation uh, with the rest of our people and communities, right? And it, it's it's. 
you know, uh, Chief Bobby Joseph from uh, from uh, the West Coast here, you know, his his sage advice to me was go out there and be the warrior in this space, but you need to check in and you need to continue to have dialogue and create space for that conversation so that you are guided in a good way uh, in doing that work. And, and we certainly we certainly um, hold that hold that premise uh, close to our heart for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like very much that you're doing that. So I want to ask um, uh, just a, a question about what problems are you solving or addressing at One Feather? Because um, I'm just interested in hearing about some of the yeah. programs. No, for sure. Uh, so uh, let me let me highlight some actual product or service there, so you can so you get a good sense of what that is. We electronic voting is big. That's uh, that's really kind of where our entry point into communities is. Is that um, we were having a voting event or a chief and council election or even a settlement vote, and they want to make sure that all their members can participate regardless of demography, geography, and just environment. And so electronic voting is big and and electronic voting, opening that up for uh, Indigenous people across the country was huge. We did our first vote in 2015. Like that was the first electronic voting event we did. It was for a land code vote. If we flash forward to, you know, to 2022, we work now, have worked with over 260 First Nations across the country. Uh, last year alone, over 50,000 uh, Indigenous people cast electronic ballots in some form or another uh, in their communities. And, and that's, you know, for, for that just, you know, endless smile on my face about that, because that's potentially 50,000 of our brothers and sisters who couldn't participate before because they live too far away uh, or the weather's not great or, you know, just for whatever reason, um, they're not able to do that. So again, it's about removing those barriers to participation and driving down the cost of participation. So that's one example of that electronic voting um, component and huge uptake. Our people um, really love being early adopters of this technology, of these new technologies, and they embrace it and they give us all kinds of wonderful feedback on how to make that better and do that better. So that's one example. Another example is just creating a first, you know, through that identity verification and authentication, uh, unlocking access to other services. So in, in taking um, the human element or the human bias, I think the human bias and institutional bias out of the equation. So if you're inside of our ecosystem and we verified your identity, you can create a, a digital bank account without ever having set foot in a bank uh, and have all the banking services, uh, regardless of where you are uh, in the country, have access to those banking services um, really quickly and easily. So, you know, you don't need to deal with, um, you know, the the bias of banks uh, and and traveling to and spending hours in the paperwork. Um, uh, we've, we've, we've done all the heavy lifting for you. And so you can create that bank account. You can get your new bank card. You can be banked. Um, and, uh, and, and because we're not, because of our partners and the way that we've set this up, the actual transaction, transactional cost of banking is driven right down. So, you know, the, the, the one thing that's core to what we do in terms of our asset development is to make sure that it's not extractive. We're not taking away. We are in the, in the, in the, in the balance of the analysis, leaving the table better set than the way we found it. So let's bring wealth and leave wealth. Uh, in the in the in the communities uh, that we work with, let's reimagine what that interface looks like, so that we are actually building communities, not extracting from communities, not taking wealth out of communities. So that's that that's an example. And we see a whole bunch of interesting opportunities coming through that. So, for example, if you're entitled to a treaty annuity payment in in 2023, um, um, we're hopeful that we'll have a project with Canada that will allow um, for you to receive that treaty annuity electronically. So you don't need to go, you know 
put your car down and prove you're an Indian in front of the Indian agent to get your annuity. Like we will have verified that already and you'll be able to access uh, that annuity uh, directly, right? Uh, it'll be there ready for you. Just, you know, in a heartbeat, it's it's done. Um, things like status card renewal. If you're inside of our ecosystem and we've, you know, we've gone through the identity verification, you can renew your status card on one feather online, right? You don't need to go get a passport photo. You don't need to go to an office and again, sit in front of an Indian agent and, pr and prove that you're Indian, right? Um, and I just use the term Indian because that's how the Indian Act defines it, right? But it, so uh, remove all those things that just cause us pain and angst and, and let's, let's, let's take those things out of play. One of the really exciting things that we're working for, uh, towards in 2023 is um, GST or HST exemption at point of sale. So if you are an Indigenous person who's entitled to that exemption, uh, we're going to roll out some technologies next year that allow you to make that purchase at a point of sale and get the GST and HST exemption automatically. You don't need to fill out any paperwork. You don't need to sign anything. You don't need to show any ID. It just happens quietly behind the scenes. Uh, because we've done all the heavy lifting in terms of that. And so when we think about how exciting these new technologies are, those these innovations are, is that it, there's a pathway for us to do some really cool things, I think, that, that, that lift our people up, um, uh, level the playing field in terms of how we, how we participate in this country. And to be quite honest, uh, hold Canada and government accountable for unlocking the wealth that they hold in trust for us as part of that unique relationship that we have uh, with Canada. I don't think that government has done enough to take steps to actively do that. So we want to be active in that space. We want to we want to unlock those things um, and uh, and really just open up the treasure chest uh, that 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 we all have access to or should have access to uh, because of our unique relationship with the government of Canada. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's super exciting. And I, I can totally see the benefits of some of the products that you're, you've rolled out. I know that I've voted through one feather awesome. um, and uh, <laughs> for, for my nation and um, also just like some of the problems that you're tackling that are archaic that you were saying at the beginning of our talk, mm -hmm. just like around, you know, having to go and prove all the time with our status card. Yeah. And so removing some of those barriers um, through technology is, I think, super exciting. And and uh, I'm sure there'll be lots more rolling out as, as you continue to go forward. You have also talked a lot about um, or mentioned a few times about some barriers that exist for Indigenous peoples within the tech um sector and so what do you what do you see are those maybe economic or financial barriers that are still in the way that you that your you and your team are tackling and 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 trying to break down for for indigenous peoples yeah for sure the, the, there's so many layers there so when we think about even just as a company um how are as an as an innovative indigenous company who's doing some things that have never been done before and building a tech company uh, the ability for us to raise capital and access funds to do those kinds of things is really, really hard. We've been really fortunate to have a really solid partnership with with people like or, and organizations like Raven and Humanitas and the Varshini Group and others who have understood our social impact agenda, being very, you know, being very tightly aligned with. We're a for-profit company. We're not a nonprofit. We're not an NGO. We are a for-profit company. Um, you know, we employ 26 people, and hopefully, you know, within a year, it'll be it'll be double that. 
Um, but actually getting that resource and that investment is is a challenge. So if you're an indigenous person, an entrepreneur who wants to who wants to be innovative and play in this tech space, um, finding resources to support you in that is is hard. Um, and I think I think governments uh, and our own first and our own communities and other agents that we work with could do more there. Um, just understanding that the that the real you know the future for Indigenous people uh, and their communities uh, and their governments is to create every opportunity possible for us as individuals to be successful and and whatever that looks like, right? Um, and this is a shifting dynamic, right? Like, um, you know, a decade ago, uh, you know, this wouldn't have been on the agenda, right? In terms of, you know, how do we build First Nations technology companies? Uh, so I think that conversation needs to be ongoing. And, and there's a lot of trust companies. There's a lot of... Um, uh, investments that are happening out there that I think from an indigenous perspective that could be redirected from resource extraction into technology development. So I think a refocusing on how we as an indigenous people invest our wealth, I think a shift needs to happen there. And then right through to, you know, who works in these companies, right? We, how we really struggle with finding um, uh, indigenous uh, full stack uh, developers and expertise. And so we see people coming through the system, uh, education system to do that. Um, but we're behind the curve there. And I think a lot of investment needs to happen there to ready our people to participate in this techno technological age and understand that doing that does not necessarily mean that you have to give up your, tr your tradition, your values, your principles, and where you come from. <laughs> Excuse me. In fact, all of our, uh, all of our tech team work remotely. They don't work inside the office here in Victoria. And we have a team that's spread across the country. So when I think about the opportunities for, for employment and, 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 and just, you know, a new way of providing for you and your family, that if that, that uh, investment in under, in this space and readying our people to participate uh, would be really, I think would be really, really grand and important. I mean, if you can live in 150 mile and work in a tech company, or you can live wherever you are in the country, and 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 do really good work. And and to be quite honest, be paid really well. Uh, and you know that it's it's a top tier kind of um, salary band, right? Um, uh, and always high demand. And this is the way of the future, I think, uh, in terms of uh, investing in that in in the readiness of our people to participate, whatever that looks like. Um, uh, and just creating space there. But we have a hard time uh, recruiting indigenous people to play that uh, technical or high technology uh, in an innovative contributing role. Um, so that's a challenge for us for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I hear you in that you're, you're sort of leading the way um, because when you say like 10 years ago, that you wouldn't that, that this discussion of like how do we support indigenous peoples in the tech sector just we wouldn't be there having that so mm -hmm. yeah i guess you're out there like blazing that trail for your company and and your employees and and also other indigenous people to to follow suit so that's that's really exciting um for you blazing that trail for all of us um I'm also interested in in your perspective of what you see the relationship between what you do and the services you offer and the broader themes of sort of economic empowerment and this sort of concept of reconciliation that, uh, you know, Canadians are are talking about now. And you've touched on some of that in, in our discussion, but if there's anything else that you'd like to to speak to, to that question. 
Oh yeah, thank you. I, we we we. I don't know who coined the phrase reconciliation. I'm not sure who coined, but we've really taken that to heart. And uh, and a part of us, you know, one feather and 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 our investors and our board and and of all our partners, it's um, it, it's about owning a space and taking action, right? So if you have the ability and you're ready to do that, like uh, you know, encourage you to do that, and, and we would certainly love to support you. Uh, anyone who has an interest in 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 the, in that kind of uh, path, um, but because you know I'm fortunate, we're fortunate to the work we do here. So we have to have some ownership, and we need to we need to take action, um, and and do it in a good way. And so when we talk about you know our purpose is to redefine that digital indigenous digital experience through innovation and tradition. Tradition is an intentional word. Um, right? Because we need to stay grounded with our values and our principles and where we come from and creating space to have that conversation and do the, and, and do that really important check-in and work with, with our people, our communities. And so I think that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the, you know, that's the, that's the broader part, right? Like, let's make sure that whatever economic empowerment and reconciliation looks like it's happening in a good way. And we're creating space for that conversation to happen. Um, and and remembering where we come from and why we do what we do, right? Uh, and to lift our people up at every opportunity, uh, where where we can do that. And 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 I think again, not be extractive. And that principle or that idea of leave the table better set than the way you found it. Uh, and that's how we that's how we nation build. That's how we lift our people up. That's how we build strong families and communities and protect our language and our culture. And 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 whatever small part we can do to, to contribute towards that, awesome. And 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 we're not the only warriors out there. We know that there there are thousands of us out there. And and um and I and I'd love to hear from folks who are blazing their own pathways forward because I think there's a partnership there. I think there's a way we can support each other and lift each other up. And 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 that's really exciting. I think I think it's a I think it's an I think I always I say this a lot recently, but it's an interesting time we're in. Um, and and the opportunities are rich for us to make a huge impact for sure. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm also interested in like what your vision, like your you know five, ten, fifteen, twenty year vision would be for for one feather, um, in the in the tech sector. What what do you see uh, moving forward? Oh, well, I, uh, it's the tip of the iceberg. When we think about the treasure that Canada holds and trusts for First Nations people and the, and the antiquated systems we see in place that continue to marginalize and isolate and oppress our people, uh, that the technologies um, uh, are existing or emerging or we're building or we're using, I think that unlock all of those things. So, you know, we think about GST and HST, as just an example of that, of that exemption, hundreds of millions of dollars are paid to Canada uh, on uh, in taxes that could otherwise stay in the pockets of our people because of our because of that entitlement, because of that relationship we have with the government of this country. Imagine what that looks like if we can build systems where those hundreds of millions of dollars stay in our people's pockets. That redefines the whole economic landscape. If you're a mother of single mother of three and you have an extra $50 a week in your pocket because of that exemption, that's life-changing. That is that is empowering for our people. That leaves the table better set. Um, and that's just one example. There are all kinds of examples out there of, of systems that exist where intermediaries suck the wealth out of, out of those benefits and services to our people. 
let's remove those intermediaries. Um, uh, let's remove antiquated processes that continue to traumatize us and isolate us and marginalize us. Um, let's own what that looks like and how it deals and how we interface with that. Let's hold folks accountable for 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 their responsibility uh, in this space. Um, so that's that's it, really, right? Like the legacy for One Feather will be um, to to have redefined that landscape in a good way uh, and have made space um, to lift our people up uh, and and hopefully uh, be transformative. Uh, I it's it's forward looking and it's always you know you know how it is if you are it's hard to talk about yourself and what you do because that's really not what we do right we don't brag about these things uh, and so it's hard to kind of make that shift to really talk in a big way about what we want to do but that's why I just try to ground it in look we're just trying to do right by each other and for our people and we're going to get it right sometimes we're going to get it wrong sometimes um but we're going to have a conversation about that and we're going to we're going to we're going to pivot and we're going to shift based on 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 what we learn in that space every single day to to serve our people and to and to look after each other and be kind and generous and just come at it from a place of um of of love and kindness uh and just a tremendous respect for for all of our people and their lived experience and and uh, and just try to do just try to do the right thing well, that's a super inspiring um, vision. Just one last question for you as we wrap up here, Lawrence. You've been so generous with sharing your your knowledge and your teachings and your values and all the wonderful stuff you're up to. But we have many um, mainstream business people that listen in to the podcast mm -hmm. and um, some of them in the tech industry and some of them just in the broader business community and do you have a like a call to action for them or do you have you know any anything like that that you'd uh you'd like to um to ask or to to just you know some advice about supporting indigenous peoples and maybe specifically one feather in the as you continue to blaze the trail um for indigenous peoples in in the tech sector yeah a uh, great question um uh, uh... I, I'm 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 cautious to give any advice on anything, but um, I, I you know if I was to offer anything, it would just be that you know if you if you are truly uh, looking to do work with Indigenous people and communities in a good way, uh, you need to make space uh, and time uh, for that participation, and you need to invest in it, uh, and you need to be patient. Uh, and you need to um, have dialogue uh, and just continue to de to design and redesign what that interface looks like based on uh, what happens for real, right? Uh, and uh, and that it's okay to fumble through it as long as you're doing it in a good way. And you're in, like I said, you know, do this in a good way with with a kind heart, a gentle heart, um, and with love and kindness, and with the spirit of intent of lifting each other up. It's okay to fumble through it and make mistakes. Uh, our people will recognize that and they will love you for that. They will be generous with you for that. They will be kind to you because of that. Uh, but we can, you know, we can smell a fraud a mile away, man. Uh, and, you know, if, it, if the intention is not good or it's not sincere, we know that the second we're in the room. So be sincere, be intentional uh, and, and do good work because it builds better community. It builds better relationships. It makes us all stronger and healthier and wealthier and better at the end of the day. So that's my advice. Just do it from a good place. Be kind, be generous, um, be sincere, 
and uh, and uh, and come with a good sense of humor, for sure. That's great advice. Thank you, Lawrence. And is there anything Absolutely. else that you'd like to add? Well, before we wrap up, anything? Oh, just a that? tremendous thank you for the opportunity to to talk a little bit about our story and, and share some space with you. It's just been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Kayla thank Kessler. You. Thank you so much. Um, that's Lawrence Lewis, the founder and CEO of One Feather. Um, he's also a, a proud member of the Why We Kai First Nation on Vancouver Island. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, and we look forward to uh, continuing our relationship with you, Lawrence, um, and highlighting some of the work you're doing in, in future publications of Makuk P. Salem. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this podcast series uh, that accompanies the launch of our fourth publication of Makuk P. Salem. And uh, happy reading of our of our newest edition. And uh, wish you all well, all my relations. <laughs>